Hi, welcome back to Out of Mammoth. I'm Ella. I'm Nina. And we are back with the long-awaited episode, the last two stories of the five times I've had a gun pulled on me. We won't take much more of your time. Without further ado, Mike Bowman. Well, hello. I don't know if it's much anticipated, but it is time to finish this story. I think it's been about four months. Um, the first three times I had a gun pulled on me, uh, I think are more interesting stories. These are a little bit less interesting, I think, but it is titled The Five Times I've Had a Gun Pulled on Me. So I do want to find uh, time to finish up these two last stories. And so without any less or any more wasting time or whatever, uh, here it goes. So the third time I had a gun pulled on me, uh, remember one of the times I had Yes, the, it is the it's the third time I've had a gun pulled on me uh, in my mind, because the very first time I had a gun pulled on me twice, uh, once by the burglar and then once by the cop when uh, he had me on my knees and I believe handcuffed anyway. So this is the fourth time I've had a gun pulled on me. It's the third story, basically, in my mind. Anyway, um, it was the, the year my son... Uh, was old enough to deer hunt, and we are deer hunting uh, in the Midwest. I'm from the Southwest, where hunting deer is totally different. Uh, I hunted in the mountains of Arizona with a rifle, and generally you high point, and somebody works the draws or the washes, and maybe we'll push a deer to you. Here in the Midwest, uh, you either have a tree stand, or it appears you have a group of people walk through the trees, and you stand on the other side and just mow them down like bowling pins with a bowling ball is what I envision. I've never been part of that kind of hunting. So the first year my son was old enough to hunt, my son William and I uh, go hunting around mid-state uh, on public hunting areas. And it's a youth hunt. So the very first day we go out deer hunting, it's the very first day of deer season that year. So we're hunting in one part of uh, central state and not seeing anything, not hardly even seeing any track or anything. So we hunt most of the day, grab something to eat, uh, regroup and go to another place. And we're in another public hunting area. And I see people walking their dogs, which I kind of thought was strange. You know, it, it is deer season. I saw people out jogging and there's there are signs posted uh, public hunting, uh, deer season dates posted. So, you know, I just, I tell my son, hey, we gotta be careful, da, 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 da. We don't get a shot. And we're driving down the road, looking for maybe one last chance. Uh, the sun's starting to set and, you know, it's just going down. I'm thinking, you know, we maybe have like another 15, 20 minutes. Uh, we'll take it down there. My son wants to get a shot. You know, it's his very first days, all ramped up all ramped up as the last of the great white hunters. Anyway, uh, out the side, we see a deer about 200 yards across a, a field that has been harvested. And it's by a fence line. You could see its rack. It had a really nice rack. You can tell it's a good sized buck. And the sun is just going down, just going down. So it's as far as I can figure out, a legal time to still shoot. And I asked my son, I said, you want to take a shot? He says, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like 200 yards. There's no way he's going to hit this deer. I mean, there's no way in the world he's going to hit this deer. So he gets out of the truck really, really quiet. I actually stay in the truck. 
and he he takes his time, pulls the trigger. I see the the deer jump over the fence, and and in my mind it took off running. My son jumps up. I hit it. I hit it. I hit it. And so I look at him and I said, "Do you think you hit it?" He says, "Yeah, I hit it." I said, "Well, go out there and and find it. Hand me your gun." And so he hands me his shotgun, and he takes off running over there. And I turn the truck around. It's time to like call it a day. He gets back in the truck and he's all upset. He says, "Well, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it." I said, "Well, do you see? Did you see any blood? Like I told you about, you know, or anything like that?" He goes, "No, I guess I missed it." So we get in the truck, um, pull up to this little area where we can pull off the road, uh, get out. I unload his weapon. I don't even have a weapon because in this state, when you youth hunt, only the youth can have a weapon on this first youth hunt, is my understanding. So we unload his weapon, talk about it or whatever, visit a bit, and you know we're there like two or three minutes. We get back in the truck and we start leaving, and a sheriff deputy goes by. You can tell by the look in his eyes, like something's going on. I mean, he's he's alert, and he goes by in an SUV, whips around. And I told my son, I said, this guy's going to pull us over. And my son goes, what? I said, this, this, this cop's going to pull us over. So sure enough, the lights go full blaze, pulls on his, hits his siren, pulls us over, and starts getting out of the car. And he has his military-style weapon, like the, 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 I don't know what, what caliber they carry, but it's the military-style weapon. And he locks and loads that son of a gun and comes walking up. It's aimed at the ground. Uh, he's approaching up against the car, you know, where we can't, like, turn and do anything. And he's following what I, I would believe to be uh, textbook directions on what he's supposed to do. I look at my son and I said, dude, this guy's, like, armed to the teeth. Put your hands on the dashboard and don't move. Don't move at all. So this guy comes up. What are you doing? And I had my hands on the outside of the door. I wanted him to see my hands the whole time because this guy looked nervous as a tick on a hound. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, it, there were reports of shots being fired. And I said, yeah, there was a shot fired. And he says, what are you doing? I said, deer hunting. And he just looks at me with his dumb face. And I said, it's the first day of deer season and my son is deer hunting. It's youth season, day one. He just looks at me, lowers his weapon. He goes, that's right. That's right. He says, well, any luck? And I said, no. He got one shot right at the end of the day. It was a long shot, but I let him take it. And that was it. So, yeah, uh, that's all we're doing. And he says, well, some people are scared. And I said, well, maybe they should recognize it's deer season and not be out there walking their dog. But I could see exactly where my son was firing. And it was a safe shot. And there's no one around. Uh, there wasn't any reason to pull me over. So we left. My son was really nervous. Uh, it was kind of scary with the cop loaded to the teeth, walking up to the car. But uh, he acted professional. And somebody called in, should have known it was deer season. And that was that. So not that exciting, but still a little nervous. The last time I had a gun pulled on me, it's been about two years ago. My wife and I are visiting family in Arizona. And when we're in Arizona, we go for a lot of drives. People live all over the place. And I like driving in the mountains. Living in the Midwest, there aren't any mountains. I like driving in the mountains. 
And I like to find really good Mexican restaurants. So we have a handful of really good Mexican restaurants that we almost, we almost always go to whenever we're in Arizona. So one day uh, we decided to take a drive and we're gonna go from basically near Phoenix going east. We're gonna go to a town called Globe, which we're gonna be in copper mining country and we're gonna be going over mountain passes. And we're gonna go through a little town called Superior. And in Superior, there's a restaurant bar called Los Hermanos. It's amazing food. Some of the best green chili and red chili you're gonna get. And just about the best flour tortillas in the state of Arizona you're ever gonna come across unless you get them from grandma who's making them for you. So I almost always eat at Los Hermanos. So we pull in and I ask my wife if she wants anything to eat. She says no. So I said, well, I'm gonna go in and get two burritos. So I pull in and there's nobody, there's no open spot to park my car. And on the edge of the parking lot by the highway where the sidewalk is, there's a light post and room for probably four vehicles. And there's a Toyota, a Toyota SUV and a customized travel trailer behind it. And it's all yellow and like he's got painted on the side like yellow jacket or something. And I realized I can pull in in front of it. There's room for me to pull in front. So I pull in front, back up. And the next thing I hear is somebody yelling at me. You can't park there. You can't park there. Yelling at the top of her lungs, screaming. I can't even see this lady. She's screaming. You can't park there. It reminded me, if you've ever seen Happy Gilmore, the movie, when the grandma is being taken to the, the, the senior citizen home or whatever, and the one lady, like, jumps on the windshield or falls on falls, falls on the windshield screaming, get me out of here. It reminded me of that lady. So I'm thinking of like Adam Sandler and this lady's screaming. And next thing I know, I turn and she's like right next to the window by the driver's side. And she's like right up against the, like the windows, like frosting over. And she's screaming at the top of her lungs, you can't park there. And I rolled down the window. I said, what are you talking about? And she says, you can't park there. You have to move. You have to move. So I'm like, wow, this lady's nuts. So I whip around and like, I'm thinking of like flipping her the fruit, but I don't. I, I whip around and behind the trailer, there's like room for like two or three cars. So I whip in there, go in the restaurant, order two burritos, come out, get in the car and I'm gonna eat them right there in the car. Uh, I got like a pop or something to drink. I got my napkins, everything's good. And then I hear this person screaming, you can't park there, you can't park there. It's a guy's voice screaming like a maniac. And I'm just looking at him and he's dropping the F-bomb all over and other profanities. And just his, the, the veins of his forehead are pulsating. And he's like 80 or 85 years old. I think this guy's going to fall over dead with a heart attack. He comes stomping from his car, the driver's door, stomping back, screaming, you can't park there. And I yelled out the window like two or three inches. And I said, what are you talking about? And he's just screaming, you can't talk, you can't park, you can't park here. And I yelled back like, you know, to hell with you, I'm gonna park here, da, 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 da. And he starts dropping the F-bomb and I, I start vocalizing similar concepts. And he like, just like freezes and like just starts like gritting his teeth. And my wife's like, oh my God, he's like freaking out. And he goes, he screams, he screams, I got a gun, I got a gun. And I just look at him and he's screaming, I got a gun. And he goes marching back to his car and he's got the driver's door open. I can see the driver's door open. He reaches in into the little cubby space in the door, pulls out a pistol in a holster, 
comes walking with the gun in the holster and starts yelling, I got a gun, I got a gun. And my wife's screaming, get us out of here, get us out of here. I'm in a rental car with one of those computerized transmissions, which you can't shift really fast. I, by now I've started the car, put it in reverse, and he's like got the pistol in the holster and he's like waving it like kind of at me. He never actually aims it at me. He never aims it at my wife. My wife's screaming, he's gonna shoot us. And he's waving this pistol kind of like at the ground. It's still in the holster and screaming at the top of his lungs, I got a gun, I got a gun. So I backed up as fast as I could like, McGri like MacGyver, whipped it from reverse to drive, and then it pauses for like four seconds because you can't go that fast in these computerized transmissions sometimes. And he's still walking towards us, screaming, I got a gun. It finally kicks into drive. I take off, shoot down the highway about a half mile. On the other side of the road, I see there's this Dollar General store with no cars in the parking lot. Whip in there under a shade tree. <sighs> Catch my breath and look at my wife. My wife's white as a sheet. I can't believe he pulled a gun on us. I can't believe he pulled a gun on us. I said, I know. All I want is eat my freaking burrito. Anyway, this guy gets loaded up, takes off. I look at my wife. I said, what should I do? And she goes, I don't know. I don't know. I said, okay, I'm going to eat my burritos. So I, I ate my burritos. And as I'm eating my second burrito, I said, hey, look up the telephone number for Superior Police Department. So she goes, why, are you going to call him? I said, I think I should. So she goes, what do you think? I said, I don't know. I think I should at least let the police know this maniac's going around, the yellow jacket or whatever he goes by. And he's, he's armed to the teeth in case somebody parks near his trailer. So anyway, my wife looks up the number. I call the number and I tell him, hey, I'm like a half mile, quarter mile east of Los Hermanos on a, across the street in the parking lot, uh, sitting under the shade, uh, eating a burrito. But some guy just pulled a gun on me. So they said, what? I said, yeah, some guy just pulled a gun on me. So they said, we'll send a unit out. So they send a unit out. This guy goes over, comes up and goes, you the guy that had a gun pulled on me? I said, yeah. He said, we'll go over all the details. So I went over all the details and he says, well, I don't think there's much we can do. I said, really? Guys could just pull guns. I guess this is Zona. Huh? Guys could just pull guns on people. He goes, well, no, he didn't really pull a gun on you, right? That's what he mean. He goes, well, the way you told the story, did you tell the story accurately? I said, I told the story as accurately as I think. Yeah, I think it was completely accurate. He said, so he never took the gun out of the holster. I said, correct. He says, well, most holsters, it's almost impossible to pull the trigger if it's still the holster. Was I said, it was a full brown leather holster. He, I don't think he could pull the trigger, but maybe. He said, plus, he never actually aimed it at you. I said, no, he kept waving around more or less at the ground, screaming, I got a gun, I got a gun. That's all he did. He says, well, if you'd called us as soon as it happened, we could probably question him. But since he's gone and he really didn't pull a gun on you. And my wife's like, what do you mean he didn't pull a gun on us? He's screaming, I got a gun. As he goes and gets the gun, he comes racing back as fast as an 85 year old can, screaming at us and, and waving it all around. How do we know he's not gonna shoot? And uh, the cop says, well, did you get his license plate number? And I said, you know, believe it or not, in all the confusion, I didn't. But it was a yellow Toyota SUV with a matching customized paint job, yellow travel trailer. And on the side of it in big old huge letters, it says like the yellow jacket. I said, this highway goes straight to Apache Junction and to Phoenix. 
uh, unless he gets off at one or two places, which are paved roads for like maybe a half mile before it turns into a dirt road, you know what road he's on until he gets to the junction. I, I think you could stop this guy and maybe just have somebody talk about not pulling a gun on somebody because they parked close to his trailer. And the policeman says, well, it would have been better if you had his license plate. So next time anything like this happens, get the license plate number. Then we can just call it in by that. But unless you want to pursue this further, I, I think we're just going to close this with uh, everybody came out all right. And I said, okay, officer, thank you. We're out of here. So those are the five times I've had a gun pulled on me. The scariest one is the first one when I caught the burglar. And, and right next to that is when the cop had me on my knees and, and pulled a weapon on me. Uh, but anytime you get a gun pulled on you or anytime a gun is being displayed, uh, crazy things can happen and it's very unnerving. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope I didn't bore you to tears with uh, the five times I've had a gun pulled on me. We're not sure what the next episode will be, but we're going to try to have it in about a month. But for right now, that's a wrap.